my gosh, yeah. So today, it's low-rise jeans. It's a weird incest subplot. Things are not good here at the cast today. People are wearing polos. Uh, I can't. Someone took a shot of tequila and chased it with a glass of red wine. I wanted to throw up. I have never seen anything like that. Yeah, remember the, like, so it's like a pink polo shirt, like, super tight, and it would hit, like, just above your hips, and then you would wear, like, the low-rise jeans. I wouldn't that. Do was that was hard. But people no, not me. tried <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm fat. Like, I wasn't doing that, you know. I wasn't I was built wearing for the that. Same, <laughs> I was wearing the same Green Day t-shirt, like, ten days in a row. Like I, I was wearing the same Rise Against t-shirt all week at school. I believe we've dated ourselves, but this is the Spooky Succubus cast, an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, pro-labor movement, uh, anti-whatever-this-movie-was podcast about horror movies. Anti-Glenn um, Morgan podcast. Wow. Someone please get Glenn Morgan a therapist <laughs> immediately. <laughs> what is happening? Um, so today we're talking about the 2006 remake of Black Christmas which I just think we need to stop covering movies that happened between, like, 2003 and 2009. Things were so bad. Like, there were there's just so many, like, big swings, but they just end up, like, this kind of, like, very specific niche horror movie that's just, like, women getting, like, butchered. Big swing and a miss. Yeah, it's, uh... This is when- one of the worst things I've ever seen. We were in high school. It was a rough time. Just like. What is a good horror movie that came out when we were in high school? Like, I guess like I I do stand by the Hills Have Eyes remake that happened in 2006. You do love that remake. Someday we'll do it. I love that remake. I don't know why. We'll do it. Oh, my God. My birthday is coming up. Uh, Probably because I really like the woman, the blonde woman was in Roswell. So I'm like. Oh, yeah. The curly-haired blonde woman. I will uh, say I love the Final Destinations. I love them, you know. The first one came out I would say before, not, but the third one. They're not good movies. Like, every movie from the, that era <laughs> isn't good, but it's, like, a cult classic. Like, I can't think of a, like, quality horror movie that came out in that window of time. Even the, like... Because I feel like that was a really, it was a sad time for horror. I don't think horror really saw a resurgence until, like, the, the 2010s, like, with, unfortunately. Well, Jordan Peele was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Like, no one else is going to, no one else cares. Yeah. What, when did Saw come out? It was before that, wasn't it? it was like, Saw it was like, came out, I think, in, like, 2007. 2000, yeah, so that was a good one. And then that started to, everyone inflated James Wan's ego too much, and then it came out, you know. We all started downhill. The first downhill Saw movie the first is, like, extremely, good. extremely understated. I was, like, kind of afraid to watch it for a long time because I was like, am I going to see things I can't unsee? And then it was, like, pretty subtle. It was, Yeah. At the time, I think it was like, oh, my God, someone sawed their own foot off. It was, like, a big deal. But now, and then with this movie, everyone's eating eyeballs. What's You know what I watched recently? This is not... Apropos of nothing, but I watched Drag Me to Hell recently, and that was pretty good. I liked that movie. I that was when we were on the same school. time. What year? Two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay, the year well, I, I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school. Uh, oh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. But still, this movie. I don't know. It's like 
I feel about this way I feel about low rise jeans is like they're unnecessary. It holds women Bury to too high never like look a back. rigorous yeah. standard. Uh I don't You're totally right. I think I'm gonna watch the original just to like make myself feel hope again. I watched some clips. I had to look at Chris. Um I just wanted to see his face and his coat. I will say I had a big crush on Oliver Hudson when I was in high school because is this, he was is that a, Kyle the biggest yes fucking douchebag? He God. wasn't like this in the show I know from. Wait, I have to go to IMDb. Uh, but I was like really into Kate Hudson because of Almost Famous, and then Oliver Hudson is his her brother. That this so guy I was like is Kate Hudson's yeah. brother. Yeah, is and I was like, he he's so Melanie hot. Griff- Griffith's son? Yeah, I think so. Whoa. Okay. Talk about... No, 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 not Melanie Griffith. That's Dakota Johnson. Um, Goldie Hawn. Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Hawn. Oh, my Kurt God. I'm mixing yeah. my blondes. God, they're all the same. But... Oh, he was on Dawson's Creek. He was Eddie on Dawson's Creek, remember? No, I don't remember that. What? Oh, I gave awful. up on Dawson's Creek before... I feel like there was a show called, like, Rockstar or something he was on, and he was really Rockstar. hot. Uh, uh, you guys, this is embarrassing that I can't remember this. But you had a crush on him. I did have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Was it Grown Ups 2? Is that Bro, the, I the can't movie remember. you remember him from? <laughs> I don't know. Kill the Man, Out of Towner. Grown Ups 2. Too. Yeah, it had to have been something that happened. From My like guide 2000- to becoming a rock star is that it? Does that is that right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I've never seen that. There were like ten episodes, and I was like, oh yeah, Ooh. this guy is sexy. <laughs> I right. probably I probably wouldn't be able to watch it today. I'm gonna have to uh, take your word for so, that. So yes, but Oliver Hudson is like decidedly unsexy in this movie. I mean, I just hate everything. I don't even, like, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but her performance, I was like, you're really phoning it in. I don't blame you, but... It's not their fault. They, they The characters written for these women are just, like, abysmal. And they yeah. all feel like a very specific slot in this, like, in Glenn Morgan's perception of women. women. Yeah. I will, I will say there are three... Final Destination alumni in this film. Three of them. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in Final Destination. Oh, I thought you were going to make me figure it out. Oh, no. Go, okay, okay, go, go. No, you can now guess the other ones. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think we've said this before, but in um, 13 Cloverfield Lane. Weird movie. She's so good at it. Uh, I don't don't know. It makes sense that Michelle Trachtenberg would have been in a Final Destination. No. I don't, I know, like, I just don't like Michelle Trachtenberg. I, like, something about her makes me want to punch you her You didn't in the like face. Harriet the Spy? I did. I guess what she ruined Her Buffy. character in Buffy was so annoying. Yeah. Maybe it's that's like, well it. And it's that. just, like, seared into my brain. She's, like, yeah. so annoying. Um, Lacey Chabert? No. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. know. It's uh, Crystal Lowe, Yan K. Crystal Lowe, who plays Lauren, our drunkie. Oh, she does look familiar. She's in she? Final Destination 3 as well. 
opposite Mary Winst- Elizabeth Winstead. And then Kristen Cloak is in Final Destination. She's the teacher. You know what? As I'm looking at her, I'm like, that's where I know her yeah. face from. Wow, what a like absolute revelation. This is just wild. What a movie. Uh, All right, let's get into it. Um, it's not great news from the jump here. No. So big band music plays as we pan over a sorority house heavily decorated for Christmas. Where's the budget coming from? Like, what sorority house decorates to this extent? Sororities are filled with rich people. So. Oh, do, do they have to pay, like, dues? Yeah, you have to pay to be in a sorority. Oh. Greek life you, is really weird. You know I know that because of TB. Like, I, I was never in a sorority. Oh, I did, like, a sorority it. show once. Do you remember the show Greek? I, I love like, that show. I love that show. Oh, my God. What's it? What was his name? Cappy? Cappy. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> so good. But that, I was like, oh, like, they had, like, people of color and prominent roles. Yeah. Like, people, like, very a dimensional ga- characters. A, like, first, uh, first string character was, like, a gay black man. Like, it was revolutionary. Yeah. You know Calvin, what? Calvin. It was Calvin. So, I wanna, he, let's watch that show. I want to watch you it right want to? now. <laughs> we should do a watch party. I know. I'm like, and, like, I still think Cappy and Spencer Grammer's character it was like a love story for the ages. I'm like touched by it still. Uh, it was, yeah, it was great. It was like, yeah, like a Romeo Casey, and Juliet. Casey, I forget her name. Casey, it was Casey. And, oh no, wait, Calvin was her brother. No, Rusty was her Rusty brother. Rusty and Cal, I was right the first time. Rusty and Calvin are friends. Yeah, okay. This yeah, is, we're going deep dyes. No one knows about this. <laughs> We'll do it for the Patreon. Uh, okay, so inside, a sister sip, sips wine and meaningfully writes a holiday card when she hears a rustling in her closet. She investigates and returns to her business, and we see that her fountain pen is missing and someone is hiding under her bed. The murderer puts a plastic bag over her head and stabs her with the pen. Uh... Cut to an asylum where a Santa Claus man has gotten lost and ended up in a ward for the criminally insane. So bad. Damaging. Uh, a guard uh, who is black and, like, very cryptic, like, this is no place for Santa Claus on Christmas, uh, shows him Billy Lenz's cell because Santa remembers the murders Billy committed from when he was young. The guard reveals that he's tried to escape every year to get home on Christmas. The cell door opens and we see a jaundiced Billy accepting his Christmas snacks. And they are like, he's disgusting. He's eating it with his fingers because there's like chicken. But I'm like, there's no fork. You didn't didn't give give this man a fork. Yeah. What do you want him to do? And they're like, it's the closest thing we could get to human flesh. I'm like, get out of here. Everyone here is too obsessed. Like you're feeding this, this narrative yourself. But know. yeah, the guard is an extremely racist depiction. Honestly, as soon as I saw him, I was like, here we go. Does Especially I- fresh off watching The Shining, where the only black person dies and dies first. Here we go. Here I we go again. Uh, I'm, I have a question. Does the security guard have a name? In the no. credits? No, I already looked it up. He does not have a name. I Great. Great news. It's good times. <laughs> yeah. Only defied by his profession. Obsessed with the serial killer dies first. 
So, sorority sister Kelly is smooching her boyfriend Kyle, played by uh, my guide to becoming a rock star alum, uh, <laughs> Oliver Hudson, who's trying to isolate her from her sorority sisters, which is an early sign of abuse. So, not great. Uh, house mom Mrs. Mack, played by the lady that played the crazy auntie in my big fat Greek wedding. Andrea Remember? Martin. Yeah. And she's also Phil in the original. And she's Phil in the original. She's She deserves financial compensation uh, for being involved in this movie outside uh, she, of her payroll. She deserved so much better than this. But yeah, whenever I see her face, I think of her explaining how she ate her twin in utero in my big fat Greek wedding and she can't pronounce the word biopsy. So she's like, they did the biopsy. Biopsy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do kind of remember that. I did just recently watch it. I don't really even remember uh, it. Stop My mom really likes that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll stop talking about that. Uh, so she looks, house mom Matt, Mrs. Mack looks for Billy's present while the gals chat about their Christmas plans. Uh, back at the sanatorium, which I don't think is a word we use anymore, Billy slides a gift card out to the guard, gift card, gift out to the guard, uh, and it says, I'll be home for Christmas. He walks into the cell to check it out. The guard does, which is Why? probably a mistake. Uh, and gets stabbed by a sharpened candy cane, which is kind of funny. But R.A.P. nameless guard uh, and only person of color in this movie with lines. I'm pretty sure. Well, uh, Crystal Lowe, Jan, Can- Jan K. Crystal Lowe is um, a woman of color. Uh, oh, I'm, she's white thank passing. you for letting me know. I did not know that. Um, but can you stab someone to death with a candy cane? Is that feasible? I don't know. Wouldn't it break? I have never tried it. Uh, but if anyone deserves to get stabbed to death with a candy cane, it's Glenn Morgan. So please. <laughs> I said it, but I didn't say it. So the sisters are opening gifts. Claire, who's busy writing her car, just kidding, she got murdered, doesn't answer the door. Another sister, Megan, snaps at Kelly, and we see that she's watching a sex tape of herself and Kelly's boyfriend, Kyle, which was an extraordinarily unnecessary subplot that went nowhere and did nothing for anyone. Uh, Claire's body is in the attic in the rocking chair, a la the original. Megan hears noises in the attic and goes to investigate. She finds a music box ballerina playing and sees, sees Claire's body before being attacked from behind and murdered via the bag and the stabbing and the eye poking out eye eating why is that a thing i don't know they like inserted weird shit into this like for no reason do we need the incest no do we need the cannibalism no like i think yeah it's weird i don't know at the sanitarium creepy santa is flirting with a nurse but as he goes to follow her and get it on, he's murdered by Billy from behind, which is what you get for being a creepy sexual predator. I, that, the nurse was, she was into it. I don't know. He wasn't preying on her. She was kind of, she's feeling it. Maybe she had a Santa fetish. Maybe. Good for her. I, that's in it. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, thinking about it. Like, I could see Adam in a Santa suit being kind of, like, fun. <laughs> Am I okay? You heard it here first, folks. I stop. No, that's I'll cut fine. It out in post. It's that's not okay. unfun. It's not. It's not the worst thing that yeah, can happen. Yeah, that's not weird. I'm I'm blushing. Yeah, at the sorority house, <laughs> uptight, <laughs> up 
uptight church girl Heather is not okay with the tradition of Billy's gift because it insults Jesus or something. Um, cool girl Lauren says all the traditions from Christmas are pagan anyway. And um, that Billy broke into their house just like Santa Claus, which is like a tenuous connection. But you go, Lauren. How is that um, different from what Santa does? Bi- yeah, whatever. Like, what? She's Santa's drunk. real. Mrs. Mack reveals that Billy didn't break into the house to commit the murders. He lived there. Mrs. Mack tells the tale. So here's, I'm going to start this by saying, this house is gigantic. It's a gigantic craftsman. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, Glenn Morgan, you can't have this like weird classist undertone while also like making me believe that they maintained this gigantic house. That's You can't have your cake and eat it too, Glenn. 50 years later. Okay, I have some questions about the timeline, but um, whatever. We'll I don't know. It. Don't look at me. I didn't write any of the years down. So the, in one of these flashbacks, it says 1932. And then it's present day. And then I was like, oh, maybe they're making it seem like it's the 70s. And then she's like, says something about Dick Cheney. And I was like, wait, no. Okay, so this is present day. So how old 32? is Billy? Is he... 80 years old? So he was like, I don't know, He was like 10. He was like, when... I thought it started in 1962. Maybe I read the thing wrong, but I looked like... So then by 1991, he was like... 30? In his late... Yeah, like... And then that's when he murdered everyone. And then that, like, I guess works with Agnes's timeline of being born. I don't care. I don't care, do care either. I was just confused okay. <laughs> about the timeline. I'm very confused. Billy was born into an unhappy home with a liver disease that gave him yellow skin ableism. His mom hated him and told him Santa Claus was dead. Uh, that's all I wrote down. I don't know if other stuff happened, but... <laughs> she broke a... She, like, pointedly broke an ornament and threw it at a baby. Oh, yeah. That was wild. <laughs> this acting job from... Oh, sorry. I'm going to find her name quickly. Um... Playing Billy's mother. Yeah, no Nary name. Nary a name. Karen Conival. You go, girl. You really ate it. You milked it for what you could. Chewing that scenery up, man. Do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Billy hears his parents fighting on Christmas and sneaks out of his room, but he only uh, ends up... He only... What am I saying? He sneaks out of his room and witnesses his father being murdered. His mom and her new boyfriend uh, bury him under the house, but Billy catches them, so they chase him to the attic and lock him in, where he heretofore lives. Back in 2006, the phone at the sorority house rings, and it's Billy talking about Agnes. He tells them to go to get out of his house and that he's going to kill them. Uh, And then the caller ID says that it's Claire's cell. And then there's, like, a creepy sister, Eve, who they're like, weird. She's she's not that creepy. She's not hot like us, and she wears glasses. She wears glasses, that stupid, ugly bitch. Bitch. Okay, so back in 1982, (laughs) Billy's mom's boyfriend is having erectile dysfunction. So uh, his mom goes to the attic and rapes him because she wants a baby. Uh, this is where I would say everything just absolutely goes off the rails. So uh, nine months later, Agnes is born and the mother says she's her family now. Back at the sorority house, the gift exchange continues. The phone rings again and it's Megan's number. It's Billy again. So Melissa calls University Security and they look around the house for Megan. 
Kyle arrives. Uh, please, ma'am, tell I was, me. I think Agnes is the one calling on the phone, right? I mean, oh, spoiler. Shit, sorry. Right? No, but they think it's Billy, but it's Agnes, it's right? It's Agnes. Yeah, because Billy's right. like um, he's in transit. He's en route to. Yeah, Agnes. and how did they get matching pajama sets on such short notice? How? How and any of this? How any of this? But how long has been Agnes been living in this house? Why now? Why? I think she's been living there since she was of legal age, and she was released from whatever orphanage she was living in. Yeah, they say like later, like at the end of the, they say recently released from her, or but like she's like forty years old. No, nineteen hundred and eighty-two. Okay, um, so she would have been. She's like Lee's age. And- she's like thirty-ish. So, yeah, what? What? Yeah, why? What? She's just been living dormant in this attic. With- the timeline is wickety whack, okay? Um, so, also, I have to say, the phone calls are so goofy. The ones, the phone calls in the original are literally, like, bone-chilling. Well, like, yeah, they're they like... They are... They're terrifying. And this is just like... <laughs> Yeah, where is it? Where is Agnes? But in the original, there it's like a, an assault. Like they're like moaning and making licking noises yeah. and saying, cunt and like you can't, and, you can like barely understand the words. Yeah, it's not cogent. Like they're super scary. Uh, so Kyle snuck in through Megan's room, purportedly, or you know, I would think to destroy the evidence, though he doesn't do it. Uh, so Kelly looks for Megan in his, the room while Kyle tells the rest of Billy's story. Flashback to 1991, Billy receives a telescope as a Christmas gift and spies on a family next door. Agnes opens gifts downstairs and hears noises upstairs. Her mother tells her it's nothing and goes to the kitchen. The phone rings. It's Billy saying, she's my family now. Uh, So in the living room, Agnes is missing. Billy, uh, they run up to the attic, and then when they come down, Billy murders uh, his mother and stepfather, and he eats Agnes's eyeball. Then he makes Christmas cookies out of his mom and snacks on them when the KKK cops arrive. Uh, So Billy goes to Clark's sanitarium and Agnes goes to an orphanage. And as discussed, no one has seen her since. This is just, frankly, the cookies are gratuitous. And the noises when he's eating the cookies, gratuitous. Like, not scary, just weird and gross. They took, like, so in the original, they, like, the caller mentions like Billy and mentions Agnes and where's the baby etc mm-hmm. but we don't know what they're talking about and that's what makes it and scary. I didn't need to know yeah yeah but in this one it's like the Halloween remake it's like, it's like they make everything so explicit you're like I feel stupider for watching this yeah yeah like we didn't need a whole cannibalism incest rape backstory like we didn't need it it was unnecessary we didn't need a liver disease like it was it's so bad so bad so bad okay so a thump is heard at the sorority house uh claire's sister lee has arrived upstairs kelly is worried about megan lee is like a high-powered executive so she's like what the heck's going on here and then, um, this is not an interesting detail, but I just thought it was so funny because Kelly calls Megan to check in on her and she goes, Meg, it's Cal. <laughs> oh my God, man. Meg. Can you believe that? <laughs> You're missing. 
So uh, Megan, or sorry, Kelly and Kyle are sitting together in Megan's room, and then a thumbtack holding up a poster falls down, <laughs> feeling a little peeping eye through the hole. No way. So, no fucking way. Can an eyeball see through? What? How thin is this drywall? It's a thumbtack hole. Yeah, seriously. So Lee finds a gift from Billy to Alpha Kappa, which is break-in tradition. It's Agnes's baby doll. At some point, the power goes out. I didn't exactly write down when, but at some point, there's no more lights. Uh, so Kelly wants to check Megan's laptop, but Kyle says he doesn't want to invade her privacy, a.k.a. find the sex tape. Uh, so Billy's gift has the same paper that Creepy Eve's had on it uh, from December 1991. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying years <laughs> that way today. So Creepy Eve lives in Billy's room. Heather says maybe she's obsessed with him. Lauren pukes. Lee finds the unfinished note that Claire was writing. Kelly discovers Megan and Kyle's sex tape. Uh, there's like some fallout, but it's not interesting. He calls them fucking Heather, bitches and etc. Yeah, fuck all you bitches. Heather scopes out Eve's room and finds a little cubby hole where they're like Billy Lens newspaper clippings and family mementos. Um, yeah, fuck all you bitches. Kyle leaves. This is like my greatest reading of a plot. I ever. love that. Like, I know exactly what's happening. Lauren pukes more. Her toes pull up some loose subway tiles in the bathroom while she's leaned over the toilet. Uh, and meanwhile, Lee notices that the other house on the street has power and sends Dana under the house to go pull the main breaker. Rude. Rude. You don't even live here. <laughs> you don't know her. Don't order her around. Lauren showers. Here's my question. Water heater powered by electricity. So you can still get water, but it won't be hot water, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of water heater you have. True. Maybe it's an uh, old house. So- Maybe they have a gas water heater. Fair. So there's an eyeball peeping through the loose tiles, watching her shower. Fine, whatever. He's like, uh, <laughs> like, what <laughs> angle are you looking at her from? Like, where's your body? <laughs> <laughs> Melissa puts Lauren to bed. Um, outside, Dana is underneath the house, and she's attacked and literally hoed to death because she is a hoe. She gets garden hoed to death. It's and not, then as we... How, it's not that sharp like how did she die so quickly yeah you would have to land it in like exactly uh, the right spot right like, in through the, the heart cord no oh, yeah she's from the back so it has to be like from the back, back of her neck right in the fleshy bits even then yeah, you might just be realized real, i don't know some real precision on agnes's okay, back, part i don't know what agnes has been doing all these years studying anatomy so there's a human skull visible next to Dana's lifeless hand. Daddy, is that you? Uh, Lee decides to investigate the attic. Why? You guys shouldn't be in this house anymore. Um, Kelly's phone rings. It says Dana's cell, but it's Billy and or Agnes again. They look for Dana and find Eve's car, seeing that she never left. Uh, so while Kelly and Melissa discover bloody nail marks on the trellis that leads under the house, Heather and Lee open Eve's car and her decapitated head just kind of like rolls out. Everybody runs back inside and they call 911. Mrs. Max says, he's home. She wants to leave, but the other girls protest because the three of them are missing. They're obviously dead. They're dead. Leave. Uh, and then Melissa goes to get Lauren. Mrs. Mac and Heather leave. 
Um, Mrs. Mack goes to scrape the windshield off, and as she does so, the car, like, thumps, and then blood fills the car. And then she staggers backward and is impaled by an icicle. I just don't think that would happen. No. And it's not, like, in her eyeball, or it's, like, through the top of her head. I don't know. Your skull is hard. Like, Mythbusters, please, get on this. You might be, like, knocked down, maybe. It would probably, like, bruise the shit out of you, but it wouldn't go through you. Kelly and Lee notice the car hasn't left the driveway, so they go to check. Sorry. Just a little yawn. Oh, no. Chain reaction of sleepiness. Hmm. Mel stays with Lauren. Outside, Lee slips in blood and screams. Melissa calls to Kelly and is attacked from behind. Um... She gets away and her attacks her assailant with a ski pole, but she's ultimately ice skated to death. Um, mm. Lauren snoozes, the blanket rustles, but no one's there. She has her glass unicorn in her hand to like stab whoever's next to her, but then they're not there. But then Agnes grabs her and um, strangles her and then like unicorns her to death. Uh, God, this movie. Lee and Kelly make it back inside and hear footsteps in the hallway. It's Kyle. Oh, hey, Kyle. Um, They find Lauren's body. It's got no eyes. Um, Kyle says there are two bodies in the driveway. And they do like the meme of the Superman pointing at the Superman where they accuse each other. Maybe it was you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Spider-Man. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, And then Kelly's phone rings. Billy asks where Agnes is. She's his family now or something or whoever. Kelly says Billy is in the attic. Lee wants to find Claire, but Kyle wisely wants to leave, but they head to the attic. I'm sorry, my glasses are falling down. (laughs) All right, so Kyle heads up the ladder first and is grabbed and, like, bagged. I mean, everybody gets bagged. Grabbed and bagged. The old grab and bag. Uh, Lee and Kelly make it up just as he's stabbed to death. Lee finds Claire's body in the rocking chair. No! Billy slash Agnes or whoever snacks on some eyeballs and lights a bunch of candles for ambiance. And then the girls see all the dead sisters. Lee at some point falls through the floor and Agnes lunges for Kelly, covering her face with plastic. A candle falls down and a fire starts. Kelly realizes it's Agnes when she stabs Agnes's eye and it's false. She says they're not her family and her brother's not here. And she says, no, my daddy's here. Daddy brother. Ah! God. Billy busts in at that moment and Agnes wraps Kelly in Christmas lights. Agnes and Kelly fall into the wall and then Billy follows them as Kelly screams for Lee. Lee tries to break through the wall to get to Kelly, but Billy comes through and grabs her. Uh, She gets away and is eventually able to pull Kelly out. The fire spreads and Billy and Agnes are trapped in the wall and the women escape. Later at the hospital. God, this is like so unnecessary. Like I didn't need a post action. No, it's not great. Uh, So what's going what's going on? There's a like (laughs) medical examiner's assistant working on IDing the bodies. And he's also drinking eggnog and eating cookies around in what should be a sterile environment disgusting it's so gross uh he opens up a body bag and sees agnes and then billy jumps up grabs his 
What the fuck? He like, kills him somehow. I, I wrote how. down. I wrote down grabs his swan, and I meant saw. Did I have a stroke while I was watching this movie? Maybe. This is not, I wouldn't be surprised. I've, I've caught like several typos. He grabs his swan and murders him. They and then gets Agnes, and they head to Kelly's room, where Lee is opening Claire's gift, and it's like oh, emotions. And then a nurse gets Kelly for X-rays. Lee hears thumping overhead and leaves the room. She hears the door to Kelly's room close, sees her in the bed, but it's actually Agnes. Oh, no. She kills Lee. So Lee is dead now. Kelly returns to her room and asks where Lee is. She notices that the door is broken as she's stuck inside the room and presses the call button multiple times as the gang, Scooby gang in the pajamas, comes through the ceiling. Mm. She defibrillates, (laughs) defibrillators Agnes's face and breaks out of the room, followed by Billy, who she hits multiple times with a crutch. He pursues her until she throws him over a stairwell, finally impaling him on a tree topper and ending our suffering. Good Lord. Mercifully, the movie comes to an end. Thank God. What a literal nightmare. Uh, I like... Yeah, there was no fun to be had. Like, even what would be fun was just like gross and weird and like i don't know it's so unfun the most fun was when there were like goofy musical cues but that was like the only thing i enjoyed i guess my favorite part was the flying eyeball screensaver on the laptop that was i was like "Ah, oh yeah i was like memories yeah yeah so this is like such a bad movie it's extremely classist first of all oh god really strange coding of mental illness and alcoholism really ableist and then okay this is my listing of the stereotypes of the women oh no slut so dana is the daddy's girl lauren no wait the part heather would be the daddy's girl she has a different, like, Dana refers to herself as a daddy's girl, which oh. is why I, I just hear okay, me Okay, 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 I'm sorry, go on, go notes. on, okay. Dana, daddy's girl. Lauren, party girl. Heather, churchy girl. Eve, creepy girl with glasses. <laughs> Lee. Lee is the business bitch, a la <laughs> Kelly Kapoor. <laughs> Kelly is the final girl slash virgin. Megan is the slut, and I didn't figure out Claire. She has no identity to speak of. Yeah, she is basically no... She's the... uh, I don't know. Yeah, The way Glenn Morgan despises women, like, these are all just such one-note portrayals. Like, Heather is, like, literally wearing, like, a cardigan and quoting the Bible. Lee comes in with, like, a black coat, and she's like, listen up, bitches! Like, where's my sister? Like, it's just so Oh, you forgot about Melissa. Oh, no, I was, Melissa's, like, the cool, like, alt-girl. I thought it in my head, and I didn't write it down. Um, yeah, she's, Because she wears black. <laughs> she is, she, and she's got black eyeliner on, yeah. And she does, like, two quips, you know? Uh, they're all so boring. Like, have you ever had a more boring final girl than Kelly? Like, Kelly, please. All we know about Kelly is She's an she's only child. An only child, um... I don't know the like tension between like the local college girls, local college students and townies is like 
a thing that the original Black Christmas did, like, a pretty hot, sexy job of exploring. Like, mm-hmm. that, like, Chris you know, is when a you townie, come to a head. And Claire's, like, a good college girl, and he's hot. Exactly. But no. She's hot, but, like, no. So, like, saying, like, you know, he, his portrayal is, like, someone that immediately moves to, like, Chris was such a complex, like, cool character because he kind of, like, when the women accused him, he, like, weathered it and was still, like... But I want to help know. find my girlfriend. But I want to help. Where's my yeah. girlfriend? And Kyle's just, like, quick to anger, like, pretty violent, like, just, like, dismissive, calls oh. the women bitches, and he's like, I fucking, like, had to suffer through living in this town. I don't know. It just was, like, super classist portrayal, and, like, I hate to root for Kyle in this situation, but his character was, like, super reductive in one note. And his reaction to the female characters was also super reductive in one note. Well, he, so he's our townie. He's like the poor character, him and Mrs. Ma- Miss Mac. But he, yeah, they make the poor guy, the townie, the, the dirtbag. He's a fucking dirtbag, misogynist, cheater, gaslighter. Like, why him and not these dumbass rich girls who keep getting themselves murdered? Why not them? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I think it's. I mean, it is a real, like, interesting dynamic, like, especially for colleges that are in more, like, remote rural areas. Yeah. Um, like, the people that actually live in the town versus the people that come and make it, like, like, take ownership of it for four years and then forget it, you know? Right. And, like, colleges, colleges often don't do much for the towns they occupy because very often they don't have to pay taxes. So it actually does, like, in many cases put undue stress on local economies. They also buy a lot of properties. And And they buy up a lot of properties. And drive up Mm -hmm. costs, yeah, of living. and. So I think Kyle the townie is justified in some of his assessments, but... He just is like, fuck you, whores. And I'm yeah. like, that isn't the right way to do it. Yeah. It's, I mean, and then even the lenses are are portrayed as poor people, even though they live in this, like, two-story gigantic house, like, beautiful house. But they, like, are alcoholics. They're incestual. They're abusive. This is my theory. The, the combination of a bathrobe and a cigarette like, immediately says trash, like, on screen. White trash, It's yeah. just, like, yeah, it's, like, the most, like, uninteresting, like, reductive portrayal of someone's, like, struggling under economic duress. Yeah, and, I mean, it is, like, super classist. Like, the, like, they're definitely coded as alcoholics, like, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and the, yeah, the mother's abusive and murderous, and they get a divorce. How dare they... Want to no, get a divorce? Gets no, a divorce. he wants to get a divorce. The dad does. Oh, she's like, and she's well, like, you're, nah, getting, you're actually getting you. a murder. I'm yeah. gonna unalive <laughs> you instead. But I just like don't. It just doesn't have anything interesting to say the way that the original does. Like with like townies verse and our in the original we had instead of just having one character of Kyle being Chris, like a combination of Chris and Peter. In the original we have Peter, who's just like like music major failure you know, of like, a man who like can't it was still like Peter. a rich guy like who thinks that he can control his girlfriend but he's like the rich college guy compared to Chris who's this like caring townie who's like I just want to find my girlfriend yeah and like the portrayal of 
being like, um, I'm getting an abortion, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And all of these, like, the women in the original have, like, real autonomy, even if they are, like, subject to senseless violence. And in this situation, it's like, first of all, the... Uh, Morgan said he modeled Billy and Agnes off Ed Kemper, which, like, please. Um, no, you did not. No, you didn't. Shut up. Uh, secondly, what motivates Billy? Like... Nothing. He has, it's like, supposedly it's supposed to be like familial ties and like, oh, the way this family showed affection was by murdering each other. Like, no, I'm not buying it. Thirdly, what motivates Agnes? Because she experienced violence at the hands of Billy and there's no like clarity on when they reconnect or why, which would have like, maybe, maybe there could have been like an interesting familial like dialogue or like plot line under all of this bullshit but it's just like okay well she's actually really ugly and like shaped like a man and she's missing an eye so it totally makes sense that she would be evil she's just evil yeah didn't you know it yeah it doesn't make any sense he so billy snaps i mean he was abused as a child and like grew up with like i that i guess i can like make a connection to but yeah i don't understand the agnes thing i don't know how they knew to meet up at the house on christmas like wh- what was that were they writing each other letters like i i need more uh how long is where did the matching this- pajama set come from i don't get did it did they go Why? to the gap together did they go to the gap together (laughs) it looks like gap 2006 if you're asking me and they like it just doesn't make any sense like why kill the sorority girls now why kill the sorority girls at all like it's and they claim that billy went on a killing spree but he didn't he he committed familiacide familiacide yeah Yeah, it's not a it's not a spree killing he didn't kill random serial killer yeah yeah i guess like perhaps the dynamic could be like they want their house back but they don't he only says get out of or Agnes only says get out of my house once at the tippy top of the movie and then it's just sort of like like we're gonna make you our family or something I don't really understand it because it's not interesting posing the sorority sisters around the tree in the attic like as if they're her baby dolls but uh why i don't know yeah it just it doesn't make any sense and the yeah like in the original the women were more complex and interesting to watch there were less of them which also helped there's like seven sorority yeah, why are there girls. so many so many women with like literally no identity there's kelly megan melissa dana heather lauren eve mrs yeah. mac and lee and kyle also in there like there's too many fucking people in here <laughs> the addition of lee is just like it couldn't be sillier. Well, like, I don't... Because <laughs> we don't get... The dad, Mr. Harrison, comes to look for his daughter. And that was also oh, an interesting... Oh, the Scooby gang! Oh, I the loved Scooby them. gang. It was also interesting because they were, like, a buttoned-up family, and he was, like, confronted with Barb, this, like, 1970s, yeah. fully, fl- like, woman with her own complex issues who's not, like, subservient right. to men in any way. That was more complex than this. Like, than Lee being, like... Yeah, I'm we really so we boss. So we really only had Jess, Barb, Phil, Phil. and Claire, sort of, and that those Claire were like dies the... first, though. That's who they're looking for, right? So she's not oh. like around. She's not out looking for people. It's really and yeah. Then Mrs. Mac, the Mrs. Mac, Chris, and 
Peter. Mr. Harrison are like the Scooby gang, right? Yeah, and Peter is just yeah. the asshole. Yeah, so it's like six people as opposed to, I mean, I guess it's the same amount, sort of. But oh, these... gr- remember Graham, the fucking phone, the phone company guy? I love him. <laughs> I'm going to watch this tonight to make myself it's feel so better. Good. Thank you, Bob Clark. Thank you, Bob. Um, I mean, that's also a weird movie. I think he didn't mean to make such a good movie, but he accomplished it. Uh, oh, I didn't know he also directed A Christmas Story. We talked yeah, about I that when we, didn't we? And we Porky's. Talked about por- Porky's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I feel like he did, like, it started in the same way 28 Days Later was, like, accidentally anti-cop and anti-military and super radical. I feel like he just accidentally made, like, a kind of radical feminist movie about, like, choice and autonomy and, like, violence against women. And he yeah. was like, it's just a slasher. Yeah. Right. I just want to make a weird horror movie where a guy looks at ladies and then murders them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one, like... I mean, the original is so realistic. Like, that really could happen to a house of women. Like, especially women, like, young in their college careers, living on their own, uh, you know, like, seeking sort of autonomy and, like, feeling their way through their adult lives for the first time. That's, like, a really terrifying concept. These women, I mean, like, they Glenn Morgan, like, writes these women. Also, he directed his own screenplay, so you can see that he's, like, obsessed with himself. Yeah. But you can see that he writes these women in a way that makes you read them as people that deserve hatred and that deserve, like, violence. Like, you... He writes them to be hated. He hates these characters. He hates these women. And I don't, like... I don't know. It seems like he hates every fucking character in this movie. He hates Except Kyle for, for being poor. Right. He hates the women for being women uh, and, like, privileged. And uh, he hates, um, I think he hates Mrs. Mack just for being, like, a ridiculous spinster. Um, and old. I don't think he, he doesn't like Billy's family for being poor and, like, suffering from alcoholism. It's just nasty. I, yeah, I don't, I just, none of these people feel like people. They, I don't know. Even no, Billy and his, like. They feel like cardboard cutouts of people. Yeah, and his, like, Billy's yellow skin. He's, like, a cartoon character. Agnes with her, she, how did she get blonde hair dye also? Like, I, they're going to the Gap. They're at the, like, CVS buying blonde also, dye. Why? I'm so confused. Okay. I okay, don't wait, We're there, we're there. Hey, actually, don't have that much more to say. Honestly, I don't know. My headphones. We're done talking about Black Christmas. I'm not really sure. Um, The thing that another thing that made me confused and angry was why they cast a like cis man to play Agnes. It's super bizarre. A little like yeah, it felt weird. It felt like transphobic or like like. I don't know. Home. I'm not sure. I was like, the fuck is going on here? Like, she was clearly a little girl. Is she, are we supposed to think she's just... I can't say just, for sure that it's transphobic. But why? Why? But yeah. Why? Yeah. She's a little girl, right? And then all of a sudden it's being played by a grown man? By like a man. Like the actor is a man. Yeah, I'm confused whack. why. Like, just why? I don't know. Yeah, she's suddenly blonde. She's suddenly a blonde man. It's very confusing. 
All in all, I don't recommend. Uh, frankly, I'm ready to wrap this up. I yeah. hated this movie a lot. No. Do you have, any, uh, do you have anything else to fuck say? Fuck Glenn Morgan, man. I don't know. What a wildly crazy man. Hold on. I just want to peep at what else Nothing. He's he did some Twilight. Or, I mean, X-Files episodes. There wasn't a whole lot in his uh, dis- he looks like a discography. Dick, he? I don't know. I hated every last second of it. Uh Oh, no, he did uh, executive produce the Twilight Zone rebook by Jordan Peele's mm. production company. All right. He started his uh, started his job, his career on 21 Jump Street. Isn't Good that for fun you. for you? Um. Oh, look, he was executive producer and writer of Lore on Amazon Prime, which I actually think is pretty good because... Uh, I like the podcast, and the animation's uh, really cool. Have you ever watched it? So, me and my friend Tess, uh, we, like, start... Hi, Tess! Hey, Tess! Uh, we listen to Lore together. Like, we both got into it. Wait, Tess, Tess, Tess is, is the writer, the writer yeah. right? Uh, she go yeah. read her books. Um, her pen name Hester is Fox. Hester Fox. Go buy, buy them, read them, buy them for your um, friends. So she, we started listening to Lord together when we were, like, dusting, you know, eight hours a day, whatever. And we got really into it, and we're like, oh, he writes books, too. We should read one of his books. What's his name? Aaron Wow, Winky? friend. No. Nope. The, book is, the books are bad? Like, I don't know if I should say this on air, if I should, like, call it another podcaster, but... um. Wow. We, because I picked one up secondhand, or we both did. I don't remember how we got on it, but it was like a sign. But the podcast is good. Like, everybody I likes couldn't the listen podcast. To it after that. Like, I don't know. I was just like, wait, so what's wrong with I it? I still have it around here somewhere. I'll send it to you. I couldn't, I can't even is describe it. Like offensive it. Or just it's awful? so awful. Like, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we had to move on because I don't want to, like, drag right, anybody, I gotta read but this book. man. I don't think we need to worry about dragging the producer of Lore, who has a book and a TV okay, show. Okay, he sucks. Out. He's not good. And then after that, yeah, <laughs> like listening to the podcast, I was like, yeah, your story structures are all over the place, friend. I couldn't get into it. And so since then, I'm like, meh, about it. I'm like, another, just another did, white guy uh, getting did, too much credit for shit, you know? Yeah, for stories, he's like probably yeah. stealing. Today I listened to one about Robert the Doll, which is super creepy. Have you ever yeah, heard of Robert yeah. the Doll? I've seen, yeah, pictures of me. It looks kind of like Curious George. That's what it always reminds me of. Hey, I like yeah. his little sailor suit. Um, all right. Let's fuck classism. Fuck the patriarchy. He, like, barely has a face, Robert the Doll. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, we're not here to talk about Robert the Doll. Yeah, f- um, definitely fuck, like... Really not nuanced one note portrayals of like alcoholism and mental illness, especially when it affects people that are like socioeconomically repressed and uh, oppressed. Mm-hmm. I think repressed was the wrong word, oppressed. but I just kept talking to make it seem like I know what I'm saying. I never and I know. Don't what know I'm what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I fuck each other in a nice way. Hold each other close. Yeah, fuck Oliver Hudson in a nice way. But sure. Hachi, Hachi. Um, fuck Chris, as always, you know, in a nice way. I want to wear that I fur wear, coat, I want, baby. Yeah. Um, I want to wear 
him Unaware. like a coat. Yes. <laughs> hey. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Uh, that's so. It doesn't mean anything. That's the beauty of innuendo. Like, it doesn't mean to need to mean anything. Do you see how askew <laughs> my glasses are? Because they're like stuck. Abby's my glasses head have left the chat. Um, <laughs> they have left the chat. They didn't like the movie either. So next week we'll be back for misery to mark a joy- joyful, promising beginning to 2022. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Merry Merry Barbmas to yeah. those who celebrate. Uh, uh, if you don't celebrate, you're probably smart because it's a lot of fucking work for no reason to make. I love Christmas, happen. but I am feeling like, a bit stressed. I do too. Rebecca's out here. About to make a fucking croquant bouche. Like, who not has me. time for this? That's for sure, but that's never stopped You're me You're not going to sleep for the next yeah. week, baby. Have I wrapped a gift yet? Well. Nope. Am I done shopping yet? I haven't nope. wrapped any gifts so, yet. Good times. I am done shopping because I told Adam I wasn't going to pick out a gift for his yeah. mom this year. Because I always send a million suggestions, and he never likes any of them, so I was like, fine. You do it. Do it yourself. Has he done it? No. And we had to buy something for his dad, who is, like, unshoppable for. All dads are hard to shop for. Why are dads like that? Yeah. This year I got my dad a joke mug off of Etsy that says, Dadville, used for uh, pain related to bad dad jokes or something. Aw, Jim. (laughs) His jokes are bad. I got my dad. It's a funny story, but I got him a a crucifix, like a, a necklace. But my, because I asked my mom what he wanted, and that's what she said. And at first, I was thinking like a crucifix that you hang on the wall. There was a whole confusion about like what's a crucifix, what's a rosary. End of the story. A rosary is it's, the one yeah, you but wear, he does a lot. Yeah. He like praises the rosaries a lot, so I kind of assumed that's what she was talking about. I'm like, I'm a, I'm an, you know atheist and a, is it just a cross yeah it's like a cross necklace? necklace but I was very confused I was like you can't expect me to remember Catholicism and all its teachings I, I don't know so I knew, that's what I got my dad well I don't think that a crucifix that you wear is a teaching I think that is just a rosary but I'm not going to tell your mom that I, I well rosaries are like they're you don't wear them you just hold them and they're you pray praying yeah. you hold them but I was confused well, thank you, Jesus, for being born. Definitely you were born in the winter, and definitely you were a mystical, um, you know, savior man. All of that is absolutely real. And uh, hail, yeah, Satan, hail Satan, man. I gotta go. Hail Barb. <laughs> hail Barb. I gotta go, I too. I to go to work. I'm gonna make dinner and fucking work tomorrow. Bye! Bye. We're fine. <laughs>